Welcome to the Art of Faith podcast. Today's topic is do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. This is based off of our current series, which is Who is Jordan Peterson? The 12 Rules of Life. This is rule number five. Once again, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. And so to help me today in this very important topic, although it might obviously does not apply to everyone, it definitely applies to everyone that has kids or that will have kids. Mm. Like this is a huge deal. And so I'm having our our pastor, Michael Jones, our family pastor here at Granite Creek Community Church, uh, just to join me in the conversation. Thank you, Michael, for joining me. Oh, Last yeah, minute, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I like I put him on the spot. Like, yeah, I didn't even give him a minute warning. He's like, "Hey, you have kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you've got kids. Don't you, you join make sure me on you this like one? them? Sure. So, <laughs> uh, one of the one of the prerequisite prerequisites for doing ministry or uh, for somebody that wants to jump into preaching at our church that that gets that you know i hear this i hear this often and 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 it's usually from young men you know pastor josh your message really moved me and i want to become a preacher like you i want to i want to go into ministry and um so i'll be ready to go to to preach the next sermon in in a couple of weeks (laughs) And, uh, and so normally I have to stop them and say, oh, that's great. I love that. But before you hop up here on stage and before you get the platform, um, you have to go teach Sunday school mm-hmm. and nobody wants to teach nobody Sunday school, that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, I was called into ministry in junior high. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, shortly after that, like I knew, like I knew I had the calling to, to mm-hmm. go into formal ministry like in junior high. And through my high school years, like that calling was obvious. And, um, you know, I was leading the football prayers. I was voted most likely to become a priest in my <laughs> high school yearbook. And, um, uh, so like, I knew that, that that was my trajectory and my parents are very wise and that they, I want to say they they encouraged me to teach Sunday school, mm. but I think most likely they forced me to teach Sunday school. But I started teaching Sunday school when I was in high school, and then um, you know then I went to college, faded off, and then when I came back, uh, like I found myself teaching Sunday school once again, mm-hmm. and the foundations of my ministry beyond um, what I learned in college, honestly. So what I, you know, I went to a Christian liberal arts college. I did lots of chapels. I did Old Testament survey and New Testament survey. I did apologetics. Mm. I did all of these foundational theological orthodoxy classes at Westmont. Did all of this stuff, which was great and invaluable, but I learned how to do ministry by teaching Sunday school. Yeah. And so that was, that, that, that's what we tell people whenever they like, you know, feel that ambition or that ego to to jump into ministry. I'm like, go teach Sunday school. Mm-hmm. I learned that from my parents. And um <laughs> my uh 
when I when I got back from college and I jumped back into ministry and I and I started teaching Sunday school again, um, I had I had this class. I probably had ten uh, elementary age students in there, and it was a mix. So I had uh, some street kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that in a nice way, but I had some kids that uh, came from underprivileged areas. Mm-hmm. I had, and and this is probably honestly, it's probably still the same type of demographic that we minister today in, in mm-hmm. our at Granite Creek. Right. So we have a hybrid of different social demographics, and I'd prefer to keep it that way. But we had some poor kids. We had some church kids that were probably middle 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 class families, and then we had some uber church kids. Unfortunately or fortunately, I'm not quite sure what it put it, but didn't have any super rich kids. But we had some like middle class type family kids. You know, their their parents were involved in church, and their kids came to Sunday school. And then we had the super religious kids. Mm-hmm. We had the the t- that were homeschool kids and it's different though it's totally different these days than it is in 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 the past i like to think so yeah Yeah. 100 percent is completely different (laughs) because you know back in the day you know when we were growing up if you were homeschooled then you were kind of weird right you can see Uh, them you can see them a mile away you can see them a mile away their 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 daughters were you know dresses all the way down to their Mm -hmm. ankles and their kids uh button their shirts all the way up to the top right um, but now I would say that, uh, homeschooling your kids is probably a necessity mm-hmm. for a Christian family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, we, we homeschool our kids, but it was definitely a life that I never saw me ever having. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I worked in the public school setting for years and there's good and bad things, but ultimately I never saw that craziness. Um, yeah. so I, I actually enjoyed the public school, at least the school that I worked at. I can't speak for all schools and, but, uh, yeah, I never saw my life going that way. And, uh, because I do have that, that thought, that mentality of what a homeschool kid looks like yeah. and is, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to have that for my own kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I like to believe that it's different and we're not that way, but I don't know. It's but, different. But, it's it totally is. different. And I do feel like we're doing, yeah, at this point, we're doing the right thing. And at this point in society and where we were at, like if, if so my daughter's now in the middle of high school, mm-hmm. but if she was in the middle of elementary, I'd probably pull her out. Mm. Yeah. Like this, it's just kind of, right now it's probably too late, but I mean. Yeah. She, and, and she's at the age too, where if she's, you know, your daughter's got to figure it out right yeah yeah and and i I think that she is i think she's smart enough Mm -hmm. and i think by the grace of god we've given her enough of a foundation to be able to know the difference between education and indoctrination and i hate to say it but there is indoctrination Mm -hmm. that's taking place oh yeah and she's like this is dumb like i just want to learn english why do i have to (laughs) learn this because like I'll go along with the motions, but like I just want to learn how to write an essay. I don't yeah. want to learn, you know. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, I, I would say for anyone listening, if you have younger kids, 
I know not everybody has the option or the skills mm -hmm. to homeschool, um, but maybe consider other options at this point, just the way yeah. that things are going. It's just a little I guess yeah, for me, I know like I was so against it mm -hmm. and I just, I had to get to the point where I had to just be open to the idea. And mm. I think that's where I think everyone should be now. Just, just be open to it. I think that's good. You know, um, and wherever you come out on that, that's okay. Yeah. But, but definitely be open to it. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, we don't want to be alarmist or extremist in the area of our walk. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple of different camps on how we should engage into the public education system. There's some Christian groups, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that one is better than the other, because honestly, I just don't know. But there's one set of Christian groups that will say, uh, we have to cloister, we have to mm -hmm. protect our kids, we have to pull our kids out of this system, because the system is going to corrupt them and destroy them, uh, which could be easily the case. Mm -hmm. And we could probably easily make an argument for that just by experience. But then there's the other side of the Christian camp that will say, no, no, we need to be a light in a dark place. We need to be, you know, we, right. you know, it's the whole seven mountain mandate that stuff, which is highly controversial, but like we need to make sure that our kids are in the public school system that way that they can evangelize other kids mm -hmm. or that, you know, Christian parents can have a place of leadership on the boards of the, you know, the PTAs and, and such. No, I, I honestly, I don't know what the right answer is. I know that for me being a pastor, um, I think that it is best for my kid that she is in a public school setting. Mm -hmm. um, if, if she had a twin that had a different disposition, I might take her out and homeschool her. Right. I mean, so I don't know. It's a, it's a tough it's a question, tough thing, but yeah. for the individual... I mean, and this takes a lot of grace and prayer, but I think that she is, you know, where she needs to be. Right. You know, she is a light in the dark place. Um, she's learning, mm -hmm. you know, she understands the difference between, again, propaganda and education. I think, I think that she does. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And, we, she, she, and, and we've made, we've made it to a place where, you know, she can talk to us about what she thinks what she believes or how she's feeling about certain topics. And we're having very open, transparent conversations about that. And it's been helpful. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I, I think by the grace of God, hopefully we're doing good. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we will see. Right. But this, this, uh, this topic that Jordan Peter, Jordan Peterson presents, and just to reference, I think that Jordan Peterson is going to be an important figure, public figure for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that the questions that he raises and the rules that he proposes are not only important for society and for individuals, I also think that they're important for the church. Mm -hmm. And this one, rule number five, is important for the church. And you and I have had this conversation before, uh, even before I've even read this book. You and I have talked about this, but rule number five is don't let your let don't let your children uh, do anything that makes you dislike them. Before this book came out, Michael and I would talk about the concept, like you know, we're doing church, we're doing ministry, we're both called to full time public 
ministry. Like this is what we do for a living. And, um, but you know, we're going to work hard. We're going to try and help families. But if our kids grow up hating God and hating church and hating us, mm-hmm. then what's the point of it all? If, right. and, and that's, <clears throat> you know, and that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing mm-hmm. to work out. And so, um, I, I don't, so far, so good. My daughter's 15 and she loves church. Um, she might even love church more than I love church. <laughs> so, so that's kind of exciting. That's great, uh, yeah. She doesn't get to go to youth group as often as she would like because she's, you know, and school's hard for her. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, but she loves it mm-hmm. and she loves God. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, she didn't get that from me and Mako, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe she did. <laughs> um, but like, if she hated us, if she hated God, mm-hmm. if she hated church, that would be a hard place for me to be. Yeah, I, I think it, it goes just to, the, to the, the idea that your home life is your number one ministry, yeah. right? As yeah, pastors, sure. um, we, we have or the congregation, we have flock, we have people that we deal with and help with every day, but they have to be second fiddle to our family yeah. always. Yeah. And I know like <clears throat> the, 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 the good thing or like, you know, the glory thing would be is like, Oh, we'll try to take care of everybody. But, right. but number one is, is it's the family. I mean, that might see a, seem like a no duh for those that are listening, mm-hmm. but in generations past, um, family is almost secondary to right. career and you One know, the church, in that, and it, that has bled over into the church. And, and I know this from, from personal experience, not from my parents. My parents were awesome at making sure that, um, that their kids' needs were met before the church. They did a great job at doing that. But being a pastor's kid and being around other pastor's kids, I know that that is not the truth. Right. Uh, the truth was is that mom and dad's career as being vocational pastors mm-hmm. trumped everything else including family and um you know uh, right now i mean in part of the podcast studio we have evangelist johnny smith who's my grandfather mm-hmm. so we've got this revival banner up here and johnny smith was an incredible evangelist he did tent revivals from california to oklahoma to kentucky i mean he just traveled all over the place uh, he was an amazing evangelist, and honestly, he probably wasn't the best father in the world. Although he tried, mm-hmm. he just couldn't sit still. And um, you know, he had four kids that that were sometimes a little wild Indians and out of control at times. And he just, I like, I don't know. I mean, that's and when I, I think it's a good snapshot of the 1950s, 60s mm-hmm. nuclear family. Right. So where everything was projected to being perfect on the outside, but on the inside, they did not have the skills or the training and to, to, to be a normal family mm-hmm. or to raise kids or to help kids out if they were dealing with difficult situations or psychological situations or emotional situations. And I think that that might have been the case uh, with my grandfather. He just didn't have, the, didn't have the skills to deal with it. Tools, right. Didn't have the education to deal with it. Um, in a lot of senses. Um, 
And so I think we've grown and we've learned a lot. So there's some skills that like we know about now that we can apply to family life. Um, there's traditions from, you know, the Johnny Smith era that we have abandoned, mm -hmm. like sitting around the table and having a meal together as a family. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, we don't do that on a weekly basis. I don't know about you guys. You probably do, but we, uh, we, we try to at least do it once. Do once or twice. Yeah. We try to make it a point where we do that. We do, but it's usually in front of the TV. Yeah. So I don't know if that, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> we if have that those counts too. or not, but, yeah. um, so there's definitely something to be learned from that, mm -hmm. but I, you know, it's, Family of origin stuff is important to think about when we're raising our mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. So I think my mom and dad were great at seeing some of the things that they did not want to translate into, you know, their raising their kids, which was the absentee father thing. Mm. And they did a great job at doing that. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I, I always I think about that and I feel like every generation well we want our kids to be better right. than us right we yeah, want yeah. our kids to be better than who we are and most I think people do most people do right yeah. good parents do good parents do uh, but I, I wonder that because there's I felt like my parents were great but there were definitely some things that I done, didn't want to incorporate. Yeah. And I wonder about like with my kids, like there's going to be some things that For my sure. kids don't think me and Jenny got that wrong. We're yeah. changing that. And so, which is great, you know, and I, and I hope that, that that does happen. So I think that there's some cultural expectations that get laid over us that we don't see. Mm -hmm. uh, what Jordan points out in this rule number five is absolutely amazing. But let me, let me highlight it. So we'll go back to teaching Sunday school. Okay. So I had these idealistic ideas about, you know, being a spiritual leader for a bunch of kids. I thought that they were all just going to hang on every word that I said <laughs> and that um, I was going to, you know, captivate them and they were all going to sit still and around a circle around me and listen to me, you know, you know, teach from the word of God. Um, but the reality was, as I'm trying to teach this lesson about Joseph in the, in his, uh, multicolored coat, I had, you know, again, a wide demographic of kids, mm -hmm. poor kids, rich kids, or semi-rich kids, church kids, non-church kids, uber, uber churched kids. <laughs> that was just, um, so these two boys that were really out of control, um, hyper out of control. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they, in retrospect, I can kind of see why there was a little bit of, you know, tension there because they've been cooped up in a classroom right. all week long. And then on their day off on Sunday, they're required to be recouped up into another classroom yeah. And, you know, once again, learn a lesson and try to hold still. So I can appreciate them not wanting to be there. Uh, but at the same time, these kids were absolutely horrible. <laughs> like, horrible, horrible yeah. children. 
and um, it 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 gets back into this you know this question that uh, Peterson raises. I think is I do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. And these kids, these two boys, were dislikable. Like I remember, you know, me trying to be a you know a spiritual leader for a bunch of young kids. And like, I hated these kids. I hated them because <laughs> yeah. they were, they were like, I wanted to strangle them. Yeah. They're the and, kids that like, when they don't show up that week, you're like, Oh, oh thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there was this one incident and I just didn't know what to do. And one kid said to another kid and the other kid happened to be a homeschooled kid that, um, was buttoned up, like just, completely sheltered mm. you know couldn't watch cartoons so like no bugs bunny because oh, that's geez. violent right <laughs> so um you know definitely no bad words like this is like the perfect homeschooled kid completely sheltered no tv and there was no internet at this time um and then this other kid for whatever reason i don't even know what the context was i just remember what he said he just said I'm going to make a crap sandwich and make you eat it. <laughs> oh my God. I know. And so this, so this one kid, and this is a church kid, by yeah. the way. So this is a non homeschooled church kid. who was actually an, um, an elders kid. And Luke, you know who this kid is, by the way, <laughs> um, Luke is our, our, uh, visual AV guy. Yeah. So he says, I'm going to make a, but he didn't say crap. He said the the S word. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so he said this to this homeschool kid. I'm going to make this sandwich. I'm going to make you eat it. I don't even know why he said this, but I was just petrified and I took him, him and this other boy that were like feeding on off of each other about how bad that they can be. And like, like I think that the ultimate goal was just to make me angry, which they completely yeah. accomplished. They accomplished. They accomplished. Yeah. And so I wanted to kill him. Like I really wanted to strangle him, but didn't. Uh, but I disliked him intensely. Him, these two boys, I disliked them intensely because one, they messed up my program. Mm -hmm. And then two, they just like, these are supposed to be church kids. Right. Yeah. And they're like bullying a little girl telling her, not only just a little girl, but a sweet little girl. that's mm. a homeschool kid. It'd be like one of your kids. Yeah. Like, how would you feel like if some kid says to one of your kids, I want to make, I want to make a, a crap uh, sandwich. I'm going to make yeah. you eat it. Horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. And so yeah. I just, I disliked this kid, these two, these two boys. And I had to vent and I talked to the children's pastor. So you all should have extreme grace for your children's pastors and your youth <laughs> pastors because they deal with stuff that you have no idea mm -hmm. that they're dealing with. And uh, luckily she handled it and she dealt with the parents and they, you know, there was a sit down with the parents. Like, you know, you're, your your kid can't talk to other kids like this. Your your kid can't be a bully in Sunday school. And again, this is not the poor kid. This is right. not the kid that you know came out of the gang lifestyle. This church is, kid. This is the church kid. Yeah. And 
nobody likes this kid. Mm. And so I think what Jordan is saying is don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. He'll even put, he even pushes it that makes other people dislike Mm -hmm. them. And, um, I think that's a really important question for us to ask. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, do you like your kid? And he will like, okay, again, Peterson is a clinical psychologist. And so he's dealing with kids and families that are working around the situation. And I think probably this is where it, applies to us probably more than the Johnny Smith generation is that there was just no discipline in the home mm-hmm. and that parents are parenting kids um, to the ultimate effect that they can be friends mm-hmm. and we're not called to be our children's friends. We're called to be our children's parents. Yeah. And that, that that's the, that's probably the rub right there. Right. Yeah, and I, I, it's it's too the idea of <clears throat> I can think of how cute it is when your kid in the beginning like hits you. It's it's funny like like the, the minute yeah. your kid gives like a little attitude, like oh it's yeah. funny, it's cute. But you're not gonna want them doing that at teenagers or yeah, or, and, and that's something like if you cut it off because you don't you're gonna dislike it. Don't let them keep doing that. Yeah, you know, but. Uh, Peterson makes this is this indication that the most violent humans on the planet, the most prone to violence, the most destructive humans on the planets, are toddlers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the two year olds, the three year olds. That's great. Uh, because when they when they get angry, they punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they want something. They act out in violence. And yeah, we think it's cute. Mm-hmm. And we don't do anything to correct mm-hmm. it. We don't. Like, oh, Johnny's just being a toddler. He's just, I'm, you know, he's just going to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, or Susie is crying and, oh, oh she's, she's sad. And Peterson will make the distinction. No, she's not sad. She's crying because she's angry. Mm-hmm. And we don't address that as, as parents. And, and the result is we spoil our kids. And, yeah. you know, for whatever good intentions that we come into it as Christian parents, a lot of Christian parents have spoiled their kids. And that, that's... That, I think that's a tragedy it in is, a yeah. lot of areas. And we're all guilty of it, right? Mm-hmm. We all want the best for our kids and we all, you know, make concessions for our kids because we want them to be happy. But um, if we continue to let them rule over us trying, trying to parent, mm-hmm. then we will create kids that we don't like. Right. And I think too, like, bro, we we could all possibly do that. Right? We all or, do, yeah. Like, there's all a possibility that we can create that in our own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm immune to it, but it's just trying to always trying to 
be intentional and capture those moments when they happen and trying to think the bigger picture of things because it, it is it's not in a sense it's not fair to the kid right no they grow up thinking one way they yeah have a belief they think they're having fun that's like going back to the hitting thing and like i felt like i've had you know i've had i have three kids and you think mm. i would have learned on the first one <laughs> but i've had three kids that kind of have to go through those motions yeah. of hey don't do that or yeah you know, and yeah, I, I wrestle with my kids and I play with my kids, but they don't understand when that switch turns on and off. Yeah. You know, and that's where we're at. Like, you, you can't just be doing that. Like, my son, for the longest time, for the longest time, would just come with his flat palm and just slap <laughs> me in the back. And if it's summer, I don't have my shirt on yeah. in the house and it stings, yeah. you know? And then I had to get to the point where I had to show him like, look, your little handprints on me. Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, I didn't yeah. need to do that. But So he didn't but, realize it, huh? Yeah, he didn't realize it. And him, he, he thought it was just kind of fun, you know? Like, oh, we're, we're wrestling again. But it's like, look me in the eye before we wrestle first. <laughs> Peterson. Okay, so... I'm pretty sure that that Peterson's a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like he's made some very profound statements on the internet about the gospel and about grace and about what Jesus has done for us. Like it's pretty clear that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure at the time when he wrote this book and we he wrote this chapter. I don't know where his faith journey was or is. Um, but what he does do in this chapter is he fleshes out the idea of original sin. Mm. And uh, in, in previous podcasts, I've talked about the idea that the most violent people in the world are the ones that have the concept of territory and possessions. Mm. So the reason why Cain killed Abel is because he was a farmer. And that this was his land, and that this was his, you know, his property. He grew yeah. this crop, and you know, he was required to give a, you know, a portion of it, and he he gave some of it, and you know, it wasn't a tenth, and so, mm. you know, that's that's where the tension became because it was his. Good, yeah. Where Abel, on the other hand, was the hunter gatherer, who, um, had no concept of property and possession. And he just gave freely back to God with because he knew that it wasn't his, it was what God provided. So that's yeah. so I've like I've I like that idea. I'm not saying that's not true, but I think it's a great idea to think oh, about. Yeah, that was good. Um But what Peterson begins to highlight in the human nature and in, in the natural order is that in the <laughs> in the natural order and the fallenness of beings, like we're not good. Um, like there's just something violent about us. And I didn't even know this until I read this book, but James good or uh, Jane Goodall, who did the whole study on the, on the gorillas and the chimpanzees. Mm -hmm. So she's the anthropologist that was studying gorillas and chimpanzees. And there's all these incredible videos of her hugging monkeys and how, you know, they're, these monkeys are right. giving her bananas and they're very affectionate, holding, baby. holding a yeah, baby yeah. and they're crying and stuff like that, which is all very beautiful and touching and I'm all about it. But what, ironically, what she did not report is that these 
gorillas, and specifically the chimpanzees, were extremely violent. Yeah. And that they would participate in clan warfare. Yeah, I've heard that. And they would kill each other. Yeah. Not only would they just kill each other, they would do it in sadistic ways. Like they would drink each other's blood and they would torture each other just for the sake of torture. And Jane did not put this in her reports (laughs) because she didn't want people to think ill of monkeys. Um, Because the academic the academic angle was that society was the driving force that made people evil mm-hmm. so there was the whole concept of the savage noble the noble savage like you know that um um you know the wild people that are just tied to the land that they're more peaceable but jordan will begin to explain statistically that the most violent people in the world are the ones that are, um, that they don't have rules applied to them. They don't have boundaries applied to them. Yeah. So some of the Native American Californian, the Native American Californians, statistically are the most violent individuals the world has ever seen. Wow. They don't tell us that in school, but that's the truth. Yeah. And, um, I do think that it is tied to possession and property and like that concept, that sinful in nature and that, um, um, uh, Americans are proportionally more violent than, you know, say Europe, Europeans or British mm-hmm. people for some reason. I don't know what, I don't know what the exact number on that is, but Americans are a little more violent than most Europeans. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the most like Papua New Guinea and some of these other tribes and some African tribes, like her percentage are more violent. And so what he's getting into is like, like we're geared for violence and we've hinted at this in church every once in a while, but we need to come to the realization that our kids are sinners. <laughs> and like once you've once you've tried to parent a two year old, you know, like, yeah, there, yeah, there's something evil about that kid. There's you don't need too much convincing me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that my kids need Jesus. So Yeah. And and my kids are great. They're one hundred percent great, but they're gonna need they need some Jesus. But yeah, like it's it, it's weird when you when you see the sin nature pop mm-hmm. up on your own kid. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, where'd that come yeah. from? You know, where did that statistic element come from? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, if if we as parents, when we see our kids, like, do something evil, if we don't address that immediately and try and cut that off at the root, like, like there's some generational mm-hmm. stuff that we're just not aware of. Right. And we need to make sure that we it, address it's, it. It's like, yeah, you never, I never taught my kid to lie. Right. But they have. Wait, where does that come right from? To my face. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't eat that cookie. I didn't do that. Yeah. Or I love when something happens and I get all three of them and I look them all in the eye. Who did this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Come on, your mom? No. Yeah. Yeah. The so dog, I'm pretty yeah, sure that dog. Jenny didn't teach her kids how to lie, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's weird how that stuff just creeps in. And I, I know, like, 
you know, one of the big things too, for, for me and it was in my son being, he's really small. I mean, he's eight Mm -hmm. now, but when I had to have this, like, like our first man talk was you do not hit girls. He's got an older sister. He's got a younger sister Mm -hmm. and he hits, he would hit them. And, and that was like, you know, he had to see it in my eyes. Like I'm, I'm talking to you about my daughters. These are my daughters. You do not hit my daughters. And, and so he got that. And I'm not saying like, it was like from that day, he never hit again. He, he's had some moments, but he, he understands the gravity that you don't hit daddy's daughter. You don't hit girls at all. And, oh man, this was, it was funny, but it was also bad. And this is kind of like what we're talking about. You can't encourage it. We didn't encourage it, but his younger sister, one time they were, they were having a, like a little tiff in the den and we were, they were talking and the, the girl, my younger daughter said, well, I'm going to tell on you. Well, like, he's like, I didn't do anything. Well, I'm going to tell daddy you hit me. And like, oh. he, so she knew like, that's, that's the big no, no. And she Gosh. knew that's how she can get to him. So, um, so then that was a come to Jesus talk with, with her. her that we had to have. Um, but you know, and there was another time where I think she tried to pull that card and he was very serious. Like, no, I did not. Dad told me not like, I don't hit girls. I don't hit girls. Yeah. And, um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where like generationally, if I didn't come to that or, or I could have been like, yeah, your older sister's bigger than you. And if she hits you, you, you should be able to hit her back. Yeah. I could have said that. And you know, it will get her to stop, but from the beginning, like, don't hit girls. Don't, don't hit and then girls. I'm going to have a separate conversation with my daughters. Don't tell know, lies. <laughs> don't tell lies and don't hit boys yeah. either. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you, you just, we just don't hit in the house. Um, but yeah, but yeah, he, he got that. You know, it, Peterson's kind of fleshing out this idea in this mm-hmm. chapter and he talks about the whole concept where, um, like violence is easy. Oh yeah, it is easy. It's the easy, it's the easy answer where peace is the harder road to take. Mm-hmm. And biblically and scripturally, like, like that's the hard part is be- becoming people of peace Yeah, and, and self-control. Um, you know, we think that addiction is hard, right? You, you know what's harder than addiction is self-control. Self-control. It's not wanting to hit something or hit somebody, yeah, right? Right. Because let's be honest, that in the moment, that would make us feel better. Mm-hmm. Like we have whatever we're dealing with, anger or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I need this out. and I just want to do hit something. Yeah. That's the easy, good, like yeah. feeling good way to do it. But mm-hmm. that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. I know like when we're trying to discipline our kids it's just easier to put on an Elmo video instead. Right, right, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's easier to just give them some ice cream, give them what they want mm-hmm. to uh, cave to their screaming or mm-hmm. to 
to, to cave to their whining because we don't want to listen to them whine anymore. That, that's the easier path, right? Mm -hmm. So spoiling our kids, like giving them what they want financially, emotionally, materially, like we think that that costs us something, but actually what is actually more costly is disciplining them. Yeah. You know, sitting them down and saying, yeah, you're going to go to sleep now. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're going to go to sleep, right? You, you, you can't watch, mm -hmm. you can't watch Elmo anymore. Yeah. You it's can't watch it, your iPad anymore. You're going to, we're going right. to turn the lights off and it, this needs and to you're, happen. And you're going to cry it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. and we don't want to hear our kids cry it no. out. Yeah. We think that they're in pain, but they're not in pain. Mm -hmm. They're in anger. Yeah. And then you got like all these talking heads, like that's not the right thing to do. And you should be doing this. Right. And, but then, you know, I, I, I know people where they have little bit kids that are older than me and they're like, yeah, my kid still sleeps in our bed because yeah. you never, which we're all, you know, I, yeah. we had that moment where our kids were sleeping in our bed, but there was a time where that needs to stop yeah. and you need to just, no, don't be lazy about it. Just yeah. get it, get it going. Yeah. And I think that that's, that requires a bit of wisdom and guidance and yeah. like i think that there's some good research on you know sleeping together as a family like that that's okay um but yeah at some point they need to be kicked out mm -hmm. right um oh my gosh i think that you probably remember this but there was a point when like there was a family in the church and the mom was still breastfeeding yeah, you remember that I one? do remember that. You remember that, that some of the you? most awkward times of my life. It was the worst. <laughs> oh, I think the kid's five years old. Yeah. He needs yeah. to quit breastfeeding. Like in the middle of a church conversation. Yeah. Like, and it's like, well, this is natural. This is, yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. No. I don't, I think this is dysfunctional. Yeah. And, you know, those are hard conversations that we had to have. And, and, you know, we're all about, breastfeeding like it's not an issue like yeah like get over it they're gonna just gonna breastfeed your child like be a man it's not yeah. that big of a deal and but that wasn't the issue the issue was like no. this is this is like you're, you're hurting your kid mm -hmm. like, you're doing it out in public yeah like, like you're i don't know kid. yeah it was just, like it was... other other five-year-olds are making fun of your kid yeah, because of yeah that's the kind of thing if the kids <laughs> are making fun of your kid because then that, that that's a, that's, that's your a sign. sign yeah um, crazy church life is some, <laughs> some of the things that we have to build or, or, yeah. out of the, or out of the ordinary. Um, I think probably that you know, in contemporary modern culture, like for you and me, you know growing up in our generation there was that correction of over disciplining kids right mm -hmm. so i got spanked a few times you probably did mm -hmm. you ever get spanked, got spanked. you got spanked mm -hmm. yes um but and, and there's good research on this that probably spanking kids is not a good idea mm -hmm. right and you know because the whole idea is you know you, you uh you just you you know you you just hit your sister mm -hmm. because you're you hit your sister. I'm, I'm going to give you, you a spanking. Yeah, and yeah. so that 
that that completely makes sense mm -hmm. like that that that's confusing um language but on the other hand if you don't discipline your kids in mm -hmm. some way if you just say well they're just they just need to express themselves then we create kids that we don't like yeah and that that's a that's a tough tough situation to be in i i love hanging out with my kid mm -hmm. you know and then there's been times where i've disciplined her in areas and uh, but well, we'll be honest uh my wife is the disciplinarian <laughs> and uh, i'm fun dad but um we've always been on the same page like this, you know, we need to we need to apply this boundary in her life, mm -hmm. or else she's going to be out of control. And so we we think we've done a good job of doing that. Um, but this is this is tough to say. But I've heard it said even recently for people that have adult kids. I don't like my kid. Mm. And I shared before you even started the podcast, I've, I heard somebody say to me, my kid's an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're referring to their adult mm -hmm. child. So, you know, they've got, you know, 20 plus years of raising this kid and they're, they're calling their 20 year old, a 20 plus year old kid an asshole yeah. i'm like all right we're, we're doing something wrong here mm -hmm. because you know not only do you view your own child as an asshole um you're like using that language you're labeling you're your labeling own child exactly. as that yeah um and this is something that we've had conversations with over and over again but your child's not serving the lord either mm-hmm and I, I mean, we haven't, we're not even anywhere near cracking that problem or solving that problem of, you know, seeing our kids grow up to serve the Lord. And I, it was just like looking at our, our, I was looking at my Facebook, you know, this year, 12 years ago when I was the youth pastor, I was I had this picture of the youth group. It's like, oh my gosh. One of one out of these seven kids is in church, mm -hmm. and that that's a. I don't. Some of them I'm kind of in quasi relationship with. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't even know if those kids are good people. Yeah. Like there's a couple of these kids. Like I know that they're not good people. Like people don't like them. Mm -hmm. They're not respectable <laughs> in society. <laughs> And it's like, geez. Yeah. Like, where do we go wrong here? Yeah. Like, I it's Yeah, that's, that's I'll a just tough blame one. the parents. I'm not gonna blame I mean, myself. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, now that I have because you know, when we were both youth pastors when yeah. we really didn't have kids, but now we have our own. It's yeah, like, yeah, well, it's I'm just gonna be worried about my kids. I'm not gonna be worried about everyone else's kids. Yeah. But um Well, I mean and then here's the youth pastor topic. Like we all we, 
you and I both were frustrated with how parents parent their mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we see that with our colleagues that are doing it and people that are doing it now. It's just like, yeah, we know exactly. Mm-hmm. We know exactly what you're going through. It's a never ending. Yeah. It's like the same problem yeah. we've all faced. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've even tweaked our ministry to be like, okay, we need to support the family unit mm-hmm. and not just try to be, you know, cool youth pastor. Like we need to be able to support the whole family unit. Yeah. We're here as a team, not just as, you know, the pastor for youth. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think we've made good adjustments in heading in that direction. Yeah. I mean, time will definitely tell. time will tell yeah. it, it's it's interesting because uh it's it's almost as if for me being a parent like i learned how to parent by mm-hmm. being a youth pastor yeah yeah for sure you know especially being a christian parent i mean yeah. i i grew up you know catholic but i wouldn't say i grew up in a christian home per se so i i really wouldn't know what to do if i wasn't a youth pastor you know, learning the good and bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the church kid parents. And, um, but it definitely has helped. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. want my kid to end up like that kid. Right. So exactly. Exactly. I'm going to discipline my kid. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I know where that went kidding. wrong. So I'm not going to go that yeah. way. So, and then there are some things, let's be honest, that before having a kid, I said, well, I would never do that. And sure. I have caught myself doing it. So, yeah. um, It's easier well, said than done, I guess. It is. And let, well, let me just end on this idea because, you know, maybe that there's some parents that are listening that, that might be frustrated and, you know, like, did I totally screw up? Did I, and I've heard, we, you and I have both heard this. Mm-hmm. Did I screw my kids up? Have I been a bad parent? Look, like, like there's grace for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we all could have done things differently. But we also know practically even the best of parents have screwed up kids. And if this helps you to understand it and and put it into perspective, um, the best father in the universe has got screwed up kids. (laughs) Right? God, yeah. God, yeah. So the Lord himself, the perfect being, Mm -hmm. the perfect father has got kids that are screwed up. Yeah. And he hasn't given up. I'm sure that, well, I'm not sure. I mean, you read the Bible, you know that the Lord's frustrated. Mm-hmm. He, he expresses his frustration. Um, but he hasn't given up on his kids. Yeah. And he doesn't call us assholes either. He doesn't call us assholes. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, yeah, in retrospect, we all could have done things differently. We all could have disciplined our kids better. We all could have read some books, better parenting books. books. Yeah. We all could have gone to that Christian parenting conference mm-hmm. that we didn't want to pay for. Like we all, we all could have done something a little bit better. Um, but the truth is it, even despite our best efforts, our, there is a, re, there is a sin nature mm-hmm. and rebellion is inherent yep. in every human being. You know, I only have one kid. You've got three kids. You know, and you guys are doing a great job. Oh, thanks. You guys are great parents. 
and we'll, we're just going to declare and, and believe that all three of your kids are going to be awesome. But even though if you guys are the most perfect parents, your three kids also have free will. Mm-hmm. And they get to choose if they're going to be obedient or rebellious. And that's beyond anything that you can parent into. Yep. And that's a hard pill to that's swallow. That's a hard pill to swallow. That's yeah. a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. And, um, but free will is a, I think free will is the ultimate gift of God. Mm-hmm. Despite what our Calvinist friends might think. Free will is a big deal. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, don't let your kids do anything that makes you dislike them. So if your if your kids are behaving in ways that make you not like them, uh, if your kids are behaving in ways that makes your Sunday school teachers want to strangle them, <laughs> yeah, listen to your Sunday school teachers. Yeah, then then make some adjustments, yeah. and because you want your kids to grow up like the ultimate measure of success for a parent is that your kids are loving God loving church mm-hmm. and loving family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, they're going to want to come over to your house for holidays. They're going to want to hang out. They're going to want to come to, you know, the Christmas Eve candlelight service mm-hmm. with you. Like that, like that's, that's a good sign of success. If you don't have that success. The beautiful thing about the Christian faith is that there's grace and redemption mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and God can turn any situation around and make it good. Yeah. Never too late. It's never too late. So, all right. I hope this one was a blessing. This is definitely a specific one on, uh, on parenting. So, uh, again, if you know parents, go ahead and forward this to them. And I want to encourage you to, again, to read the book. Look, Jordan Peterson is not a pastor. He's not a spiritual leader, but I think he's got important things to say, uh, to society and to, as individuals, mm-hmm. And once again, I think he's got some things to say to the church that we can all learn from. So God bless you guys. Thanks for watching Art of Faith podcast. Uh, I don't think I have any visuals for you on this one, but uh, it's going to be good. So hope you got a good listen. God bless you guys and see you next time.